Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Let's get underway. Saturdays were made for this. The biggest names and the biggest games are right here. Triple M rocks the NRL. Thanks to our mates at King G. Welcome to the Triple M Saturday Scrum. Yes, indeed. State of Origin 2 tomorrow evening. This is the Saturday Scrum. My name's Tony Squires. I'm joined by Ryan Girdler, Dave Riccio and Adam Reynolds. Afternoon, gentlemen. Lovely to have your company. Uh, Ren, I probably should start with you. Just get the good manners out of the way. How are you feeling? How's the injury? Where are you at? Yeah, feeling good. Thanks, mate. Um, obviously, a bit of a down week for us. Obviously, we've rep round um, and whatnot, so we've only had the, the couple of training sessions, but um, feeling really good. Got through those pretty good. No contact yet, but um, on track to play next game, hopefully. All right. Where will you watch Origin? Um, in my living room at home, so tucked up. Might get the fireplace on. Nice and uh, chilled out up here, so yeah. You don't want to be amongst Queenslanders? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. I uh, I like to watch it on my own, analyse the game. and um, Look, I, I become a fan when I'm not playing the game. And, um, yeah, it'll be good. Obviously, New South Wales need to win and uh, sets up a, a great game. Gerds, you ready to jump on a plane, head west? Yeah, it's a big day today. Mm. Yeah, just uh, into the Brisbane studio, then uh, off to the airport, which apparently isn't going to be crowded. And then... Um, and I've just read there are lots of uh, storms between uh, here and Perth today. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, no, it should be a good day. Then six hours on the on yeah. the flight and away we go. But uh, looking forward to uh, tomorrow night, Tone. Yeah, absolutely. I was over there, in, I think the last time was 19. Yep. Um, it's an amazing venue. Uh, the locals really get out and support it. Uh, there's jerseys everywhere. Uh, the, the the city becomes an absolute buzz of NRL, which is, I'd imagine, what they're after. Um, and, yeah, last time I think it was, what, 36, 38 to 6 or something, we were yep. dominant. So it was a good trip all around. Thanks. Seven changes to the New South Wales team that year as well. So we get to that detail a little bit later on. We're going to talk to Greg Alexander, the assistant New South Wales coach. We'll speak to Corey Parker as well about what happened in Queensland and also about the women's state of origin, which, Dave Riccio, I know you and your kids enjoyed last night. Yeah, it was sensational. Uh, Tone Gerds, Reno, good to, good to be here. It's uh, It was outstanding last night. Yeah, my little girl's 10 years old. Uh, she plays league tag, yep. which is virtually rugby league, uh, all rugby league rules, but with uh, with tags for the girls. And it, it's basically the development pathway uh, that the NRL has set up for, for young girls to, to learn the craft of rugby league uh, and, and potentially go on and, and play NRLW one day. So my, my little girl was in the lounge room playing knee footy with her older brother bashing him up while the footy was on in the background. And that's pretty rare. Like she yeah. she, she likes the footy, but she doesn't. She doesn't really watch the footy, but last night she walked in the front door from school and said, Dad, can we watch the State of Origin tonight? And I think that's, a, that's an indicator for me. That's, that's, yeah. that's a sign that uh, something special is brewing uh, on the women's front, uh, rugby league-wise, but State of Origin last night was sensational. Absolutely. She watched a good game of footy in New South Wales, 20, uh, Queensland, 14. It's the Saturday Scrum. All right, last week, uh, Ryan Girdler said to uh, Freddie Fittler, well, Freddie wasn't there, but he was listening on the show, don't panic, don't panic, just leave everything as is, and that's exactly what he didn't do, Ryan Girdler. Oh, didn't he? Oh, no, that's exactly right, Tony, yeah. It just goes <laughs> to show how much he listens, right? <laughs> Um, Were you surprised? I, you know, I mean, Tony, you've got a, you know, you've just got a job to do, don't you, at that yep. level? I mean, you've got to get a result. And he felt, you know, he's the guy in camp. He's the guy, you know, with the finger on the pulse. It's easy for us sort of so-called pundits to stand out here and tell them what they should do. But they're the guys in there that get to experience, you know, the emotion with the players and understand, you know, what different players, how they contribute in different situations. So he felt he needed to make changes. He's done it before and he's gone and, and picked a side that, um, well, it's hard to argue with, you know, it, it's, um, I, I think in the past we've had, and, and a lot of people speak about the way that that first game was officiated. Well, it, if you think about the last couple of years, they have been officiated more like an NRL game. And obviously, uh, the other, the other week, the, 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 the rules were sort of slightly different and, and it's been, I think three or four years since Klein has had an origin game. So he's brought a different mentality in and, and he's got the game tomorrow night. So the guys will certainly know what to expect and won't be caught off guard. But um, he's brought some people into that side, Tony, that he believes can help get the job done over there in game two. And 
you know, all the chips are down. If he doesn't get a result, it's all over. So sometimes you've got to be dramatic, and um, some of those changes were forced as well, like yep. Jack White, and unfortunately wasn't able to be picked, and you got guys uh, that might have come back in, like uh, Pappenhausen and even, to a degree, Luttrell. But it wasn't a B. Um, I think Abby Corusau, um is a brilliant player. I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he does uh, for Penrith over the last couple of years. He's he's a deceptive, he's a totally different number nine than Damien Cook. So I'm sure that the role that they'll have him playing um, is going to be an important one early on in that game. And I just think it's just those little things. It's 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 more focus on um, those fundamentals. You know, you don't usually go into an origin as a team talking about, you know, ruck speed and things like that. You, you've got a short preparation. You're actually working on combinations and... And, you know, making sure you get to the right parts of the field. But those fundamentals usually take care of themselves. And obviously that was something, I think, with Cameron Smith in camp that Queensland really focused on. And you could see he had his influence on the results. So um, little things that that New South Wales might have missed, they've now picked a side to make sure that uh, they go in with their eyes wide open in game two. And let's hope it works. Uh, Freddie's copped some heat as far as the changes that he has made. But I've got to say, in defence of that, I think... Um, a lot of people underestimate the chain reaction that that occurs when um, you, you you take one player out and you put one player in. So, for example, Jack Whiten's omission. They needed to find a player that that was similar to what Jack Whiten was was chosen for game one for, which was he was the centre. But if there was an injury in the halves, he was the man to jump in the halves. So they found Matt Burton, who's a, a very similar player. We know that he can play in the halves. We know he can play in the centres. Uh, as far as Stephen Crichton is concerned, obviously Katoni Staggs was overlooked. Uh, he did have that nagging shoulder issue. But Crichton comes from the interchange bench straight into the centre, so they, they thought, OK, we need a similar player that can fill a number of positions in that role. And Siasifa Talakai is that player. He can play in the centres and, and, and also play on the edge. Jake Rabojevic is certainly one that I believe the Blues know that they got wrong in the first game, should have been there in game one. Uh, Angus Crichton, oh, that's 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 a a form one for me on Tarek Sims straight swap. So I, I think I think there's a chain reaction and, and the Blues will look. There's a lot of versatility versatility needed when they make these selections. This is a much better, stronger Blues side, and it's arguably the Blues side that should have been picked for for game one. When you talk about um, Jake, for instance, like he only played I think twenty or twenty five minutes. In, of one game mm. in the in the successful series last year. Yep. So why does that make him an automatic selection for the Because it's the what he brings, Gerds. It's, 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 but they did it so comfortably last year without him. It's, it's, it, this, is a, this is a... I believe this is a Blues pack. They did it comfortably because Daniel Saifidi was incredible. And they, mm. they, they, they have missed him. They have missed that big spearhead up front. And... I believe they missed Jake Trebojevic's character, his willingness, his desire. Uh, we know, we all know the type of character Trebojevic is, who's just going to bend that back and make 40, 50 tackles, whatever he needs to do to get this victory. I, I just think Origin, you, may, you know it better than me. It, it, it breathes differently. Reno, a couple of things with you. One, Katoni Staggs, teammate obviously in club footy for you. How's, how did he uh, cope with being told he was out? Um, yeah, obviously disappointed. He'd uh, love to be back there this weekend, but obviously playing for Tonga, um, you know, represents his culture, uh, both Indigenous and Tongan. And, um, you know, it's a great opportunity for him to, you know, put that disappointment into another game this weekend and focus it, um, you know, being with Tonga. So, um, yeah, obviously Phil for the fellow. He's um, important part of our team and he's been playing really well. Um, he's been a crucial part of our team and, um, you know, deserved his spot, obviously, Game one didn't go his way, but um, yeah, he'll he'll learn from that and get better. To for me, me though, for me, it's the the inclusion of the hookers. Mm. If you look at Queensland in game one, the influence that those two hookers had, um, you know, playing different roles. Obviously, um, Damien Cook had to play eighty minutes. Probably, um, you know, took the sting out of his running game. Obviously, the amount of tackling that he's making. Um, I think the inclusion of Apicorosel is fantastic. He can. You know, use his deception around the ruck and, um, you know, take the initial brunt of the game um, and then obviously allow Cookie to come on and run when things do open up. So, uh. you, 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 know what, you know what I think we really missed in that, in that first game and everyone's talking about, obviously, the centres and, and what they, um, the skills they possess in relation to finishing or creating opportunities. 
But I, I think we don't focus on the fact that out of the backfield, you know, what Tommy Turbo and Latrell do in plays two and three on the back of, you know, just a single hit up, because these yeah. guys, they, they love running the football. So, uh, you know, we speak about Cy Feed and these other guys that we missed, but I, I think what we generally missed was, uh, you know, outside backs and, 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 and big, big, strong centres getting in there and on plays one and two and really making a difference, putting a dent in that line and then letting our pack get on the back of that. Because if you look at the leg speed, this is what concerns me, Dave, about tomorrow night is the fact that if you look at the bench at Queensland and the impact they had, the influence they had in, in game one, it was immense. They came on Carrigan and these guys and their leg speed and Collins and, you know, along with the timing of, of using Grant, but they just turned the game in because I thought we were dominating for the first 20, 25 minutes of game one, scored the first try, had another one disallowed, but then all, all of a sudden the game changed and it changed on the back of these guys coming on and then starting to punch hole and bend the lines back with good distribution from dummy half from Harry Grant. Now, what have we done to combat that part of the game, other than Damian Cook, who's obviously going to come on. But if if we're not giving Damian Cook opportunities through fast play the balls to get out of dummy half, what sort of impact is he going to have that Appy, who's probably more deceptive and can create more opportunities around dummy half, how limited are Damian Cook's opportunities going to be? Yeah, That's the concern. Yep. It'll be interesting to see when he comes on the game, actually. Um, Harry Grant and Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt can play a bit of 13, so... It's a bit of a different sort of role for Cookie there. Um, you know, whether he uses him in the first half or late in the second half, who knows. But um, I'm, I'm with you, Gerds, with the, the centres. Um, big losses for us. I think Queensland definitely won it through their, their bench last game. Carrigan was fantastic. Come on, changed the game initially from when he first got on. Um, and, you know, obviously the hookers that Queensland had, they, they just tore us apart. What's interesting, guys, is uh, I've been getting a bit of feedback out of the Queensland camp. Um, and they were surprised with the Blues side that was picked for game one. And if you if you have, actually have a look, the Blues actually ran for more metres than the Queensland side in game one. And the feedback after the game was that it, the Blues metres isn't the problem. It's their options in attack, their, their spark, their, their point of difference that was missing. And this Blues side is is a vastly different blue side in the eyes of the Queenslanders. They, they, they fear this blue side. That's the feedback I'm getting. They, they see it a much more uh, challenging uh, team. As far as Coruscant, Cook, that rotation, Burton. How does Burton get involved into this game? This is a really good question, actually, and I want to ask you, Reno. In terms of the kicking, we all know that Nathan was a little bit off in this kicking game, and certainly the kick pressure uh, on him was immense in, in game one. Given that Burton is in its centre, is it a, seemingly from the outside it can't be too hard, but is it a tough thing for him to be able to use that huge boot, is, or is that still all going to be down to Nathan and Jerome Luai? Yeah, I think Nathan will handle the majority of the kicking. Um, you know, if they're in trouble and need to get out of claws with, you know, one of those big Hail Marys, they can sort of work to a, um, you know, left post and then set up Burton on the left there with his left foot. So, um, yeah, I don't think you'll see him putting in too many kicks. Um, you know, Nathan's such a great kicker of the ball and he can hit him as sweet as anyone. So um, he'll obviously be disappointed from game one and, um, you know, he used that motivation going into game two. They have to find a way to, to get Burton involved because in game one, the Queenslanders were able to split their kicking. I think I'm, I'm plucking numbers here, but it, I'm pretty close to the mark. Th- I think it was 13 kicks uh, for Cherry Evans and around eight for Munster. It was around 22 kicks for the Blues, and majority were all Nathan Cleaver. Blue was only two. Yeah. Let me ask you this, boys. Matty Burton played for Penrith last year in their premiership winning season. How many times when Nathan and Jerome were playing did you see Matty Burton mm. go get in a position to kick? I don't remember once. No. I know he did a lot of kicking when those guys were on origin duty. So I don't see why they would do that now. Do you think? Don't you think his game's developed increasingly since then, though, Gerds, because of his role that a, he's played at the Dogs? Well, I, think he, I think he's always had a really big kick. I just don't think his focus in your first origin when you come on as a centre is going to be, you know, he's going to be there if someone throws him the football. But I, I don't think they'll be positioning him as such to put him in a position um, to kick when you've got so many capable bodies around that – didn't have – I think if you want Nathan Cleary to kick better this week, well, get your blockers to do a better job. That's it. You, All know, right. get, <clears throat> you know, get yourself in a better position on the field to do your kicks. And there's other elements they need to worry about more so than trying to throw a Hail Mary to 
Burton in the centres on his first origin, worrying about his kicking game. All right. We are going to, of course, get uh, your thoughts on who wins and why. First try score, man of the match. All of those things, that will happen later. We'll also go inside the New South Wales camp with Greg Alexander. Uh, we'll talk the women's state of origin, New South Wales, 22 good for Queensland. Two Saturdays, Scrum doing it for King G. Woo! I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. The Triple M, Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. It's Saturday Scrum doing it for King G. My name's Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Dave Riccio, Adam Reynolds here. And what a great pleasure it is to welcome Corey Parker to the show. G'day, Corey. Morning, guys. How are you going? Very, very well, thank you. So much to uh, talk to you about. Obviously, we say of Origin 2 in Perth uh, tomorrow evening. But let, let's start with uh, the, the women's Origin last night. What a great game of footy. 20-14, to 14, New South Wales just got the job done, but it was in total doubt until those dying seconds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Queensland had a never-say-die attitude, and they just got um, pipped with offside right at the death there to steal the game from New South Wales. But the game, you're spot on. It was absolutely outstanding. I thought it had absolutely everything involved. You talk about physicality, you talk about skill set. They had it all, um, the women. And um, it was great to see 12,000 people bear the cold in Canberra to turn up and watch their uh, their young stars play. So uh, the game's in great hands, I believe. I think it should go to three games, to be fair. But... Um, nevertheless, New South Wales uh, have been on the receiving end of two vic- uh, sorry two losses the last two seasons, but got a uh, got a victory this one. Corey, Dave, Riccio, mate, uh, I agree. It was outstanding last night, and I think the the original fear uh, when when the, the development of women's rugby league was beginning was actually the the technique of the girls. It was that it wasn't there, and therefore they were they were putting themselves at a greater risk of injury because they they don't ha- they didn't have the, the tackle technique and how to how to uh, bring themselves to the ground, but. That that is the part of the game that has developed so rapidly now, and the skill level, and as as I said, the tackle technique and everything about last night shows how fast how fast the game has uh, developed uh, to a, to a, an elite level. I I believe. Yeah, you're spot on. I think when the game first started and we saw the NRLW come on board, in particular the State of Origin, there was that fear. You're right, um, but where the game was, and I said this last night on Fox League, where the game was four or five years ago to where it is right now, is polar opposites. The, the girls and the pathways, there's genuine pathways from now, but the, the girls are, are, are nearly somewhat professional. I mean, they're not paid by professionals, but they're a semi-professional outfit. And the skill set you spot on, the way they uh, go about their business and their craft, um, it can't be questioned. I mean, you know, the spectacle, I, I, I personally would, you know, would love to watch two more games or give the girls an opportunity to dissect what went on last night, how they can get better, where they can attack, where they can do things um, better as a team and, um, and, and go and play again. I, I mean, I, I think it's right for them right now to, to go ahead and play more games. Next year, there's two, but um, I think there should be three. Hey, Cos, good to you, mate. Hey, look, I, I, I called the last couple of years as well and the, and the progress, especially around, you mentioned, the skill set, the catch and pass and those elements of the game, you know, seems to be heading in the right direction. What I don't want to change, Cos, and tell me if you agree or not, is the fact that these guys don't, and, and, and the more professional they get, the more training they do, I think they're going to lose a little bit of the rawness that I, I think is appealing to the way that they play. There's no... There's no grapple. There's no sort mm. of hold. There's no wrestle. I mean, it's really clean. You see the, the defence last night. It's one-on-one, you know, and the yeah. contact is all about first-up contact to win the tackle. There's no catching and wrestling and holding. And I just hope that as they go down the path of being more professional and they get sort of more training and more influence from NRL and coaches and the like, that doesn't become part of their game. Yeah, you're spot on. I mean, we all love that that side of the game. And, and having coached the girls before, I mean, I mean, they're just a big sponge at the moment. They just want to learn, keep continuing to grow as footballers. But the product that they have, you know, you're right. There is no slowing down in the ruck. There is no peeling off. I mean, there is to a degree, but not to the extent that we see in the NRL level where it actually becomes part of, you know, uh, a training week. These girls just go out there. They play a really, really good, uh, tough, hard brand of football. And that's why it's um, being portrayed on TV. And for a spectacle, it's exactly what you want to see. I mean, there's different body sizes. There's athletes. Um, Isabel Kelly last night, she was outstanding. She got the, um, the female of the match. Uh, but then you got up in the middle, you got Caitlin Johnson, who um, epitomised what I thought was um, Andrew Fafida in his prime. You know, just come on, skibble girls from left, right and centre, yeah. create some momentum. Uh, so there's a really, really good brand of football last night. Just the wrong, uh, the wrong winner. 
<laughs> uh, some of us would have to disagree with that, Corey. Uh, you're right, there, there was a couple of great records. I mean, 12,000 people in Canberra, there was the, uh, the record for the state of origin. It beat the highest, which was, I think, was in, in North in Sydney. In freezing conditions. In freezing conditions, but, they, gee, they were treated to a terrific game of footy. You mentioned Isabel Kelly. Uh, she also like 11 tackle bus, which is also a record. That The great battle between uh, the fullbacks, Tamika Upton, who has been great for years, and Emma Tonegato coming in uh, from the Dragons was terrific during the competition. But the try that she scored chasing that kick from nowhere and getting down just before the dead ball really was all of the skills. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that, that try there just epitomises where those ladies are at. I mean, she got held up earlier in the game from Tamika Upton in the early stages of that game. Emma Tonegato has not played a game of rugby league since April. So since that grand final, she has not played a game. So she's had to um, do the training all by herself. She, she just sort of pulled herself away, felt she needed a rest, pulled herself away, did all the training by herself. She goes out there and was arguably one of the best players on the paddock, come up with a real crucial try uh, for New South Wales. So it just goes to show the commitment that these girls do have. But, you know, uh, having said that, also the skill set they're able to do. I mean, she won a gold medal at the Olympics um, for, you know, for seven. So, yep. you know, these girls aren't no slouches. All right, let's turn our attention uh, to tomorrow evening then, Corey. How are you feeling? How are you feeling about the uh, seven changes or whatever number of changes that the Blues have uh, put into place for tomorrow evening? Look, there's been plenty of talk and, and well documented about the changes that's going on, and it's obviously a talking point because of that. Um, but personally speaking, I actually think it's a much stronger outfit this game than they had last game, to be fair. I, I love the appointment of some of the players that have come into the team. Uh, none more than, I think, uh, after Coruscant into the number nine. Look, uh, uh, Damien Cook has done a terrific job over a long period of time, but I just love the combination that um, Coruscant is able to have with his Penrith teammates and, and somewhat emulate, I, I suppose, what Queensland are doing. I mean, the game's so fast these days. It makes it very difficult for a nine to play 80 minutes in that middle and be effective. So I've got no doubt that there's going to be an opportunity for Cook to come on off the back of some momentum. Uh, to, to then bring his running game into into the forefront. So, um, but I mean, when you look back at game one, not, you know, Queensland are terrific. They did a lot of things very, very well. I expect New South Wales to have learned from those lessons and um, go over there. I, I'm also expecting a, a you know a, a much uh, a, a lot more points. Traditionally, game one's pretty dire and not a lot of points are scored. But I'm, I'm thinking if the conditions are right, that being you know fine weather, that will see plenty of points. Corey, I believe the the loss of Ruben Cotter is a huge blow for Queensland. The work that he was able to get through on yeah. debut, 80-minute performance was incredible, to be honest. And you, you can see that the Blues have taken a leaf out of that book and gone back to Jake Trebojevic to go and be that workhorse in the middle. How mm. Do you agree that that's a massive blow for Queensland? It is a massive blow. And, and obviously, you know, Ruben Cotter brings his own style to the, to the rugby league team. Um, but look, uh, one player that jumped out of the... Off, you know, off the page to me and sort of announced himself in the Origin Arena was Pat Carrigan. He can play long, long minutes and Renault will be able to attest to that. So I think at a pinch, he could probably go into that role um, and play a very, very long uh, stint on on the field and, and you know, possibly move Tino back up in the front row. So, um, look, it's terrible for Ruben Cotter. He's been through some horrendous injuries uh, through his uh, juniors and, 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 you know, the path for him to get to the Origin. But um, I'm sure he'll be back at some point. But what a... Uh, what a debut he was able to have. But, yeah, spot on. I mean, hard to replace, but um, I'm pretty sure Paddy Carrigan will be able to do that role. And, and then you've got Joy Arrow, who's been very much experienced in that arena to come on. Corey Parker, lovely to talk to you, and I say with abject insincerity, all the best for tomorrow evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm grossly outnumbered there. The yeah. <laughs> As it should be. Thanks, buddy. Speak yeah, soon. Man. There is Corey Parker on the Saturday Scrum. Triple M, Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. It's Saturday Scrum. Now, remember, you can now stream every game of the NRL and AFL live on the Listener app. Download it now, L-I-S-T-N-R. Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Dave Riccio, Adam Reynolds with you. Let's go round the grounds, David. What is going on in the world of rugby league? Well, it was a significant development yesterday on the coaching front with Christian Wolfe, uh, currently coaching St. Helens in the UK Super League. Um knocked back the Warriors' offer to take over the head coaching job in the NRL. That's a that's a significant move by Christian Wolfe. Uh, I know the Warriors were extremely confident and extremely um, – uh, they went hard. Yeah. They went hard. To, Long-term contract. Yeah, absolutely, to try and to, – to get Wolfe. He has a great reputation uh, and they've missed. 
And that leaves the Warriors in a hole, Tone. It really does as far as what they're what they're aiming for. Their owner, Mark Robinson, has indicated that he wants a next-gen coach, a younger coach, and that's probably where Wolf was the, the appetite for Wolf was coming from. And to be fair, there's not a lot of uh, apples on the tree. Yeah. Um, names like Dean Young. Yep. Um, who's currently obviously uh, stepping in as the Tongan coach this afternoon. Uh, ben Hornby, Jason Riles. Uh, you can rule out Cameron Seraldo, not interested in going to New Zealand. Um, but it's it, it's an interesting dynamic because, you know, even talking to Nathan Brown, Tone, last, uh, last week, two weeks ago, uh, you know, every indication he gave that was it was Wolf that the Warriors yeah. wanted. So for, for Wolf, the idea of being in the UK for such a period of time, he wants to bring the home, family home yeah, ultimately, to Australia. Yeah, ultimately, Tone, the rejection was on based on wanting to come back to Australia. We also know that, they, that he has this invitation to work under Wayne Bennett at the Dolphins. Now, what an opportunity that is where you work with Wayne for two to three years and then he hands you to the keys to the Dolphins after they've had that three-year infancy and, and building the club. And he can take over as an NRL coach once Swain rides off into the sunset. I, I, I think that's a, a major lure. I, I'll be interested to see what the Dogs and the Tigers do should they miss Seraldo. Um, I know that Gus has had a conversation with Wolf at the Bulldogs. So Gus is certainly looking at every option at Canterbury with Christian Wolf. So uh, he, he is a wanted man, but, uh, you know, I'd be leaning towards the Dolphins and working under Bennett for yeah. the first few years. Stacey Jones obviously is the interim coach at the Warriors. Are there any any new Kiwi coaches at all? I, I'm trying to rack my no. brain that anybody that fits into that category no. at that level. No. All right. Okay, well, the, I guess the interesting thing is not there is a team that wanted so badly to be back in New Zealand. They yeah. get there and they've got coaches who don't want to go. Hey, look, it might take, they might have to change their, their, their mindset, the Warriors. Yeah. They, yeah, they might have to turn to a Paul Green or a Shane Flanagan. Flanagan's indicated he's not also not interested about heading to New Zealand, but, you know, money talks all languages. What about Mick Potter? Uh, the Bulldogs seem to have, uh, you know, grown it's an since interesting, been Yeah, there. look, I just picked up on a little bit of um, chat this week uh, out at Canterbury that, again... Not convinced that Seraldo uh, will come. I, I understand the Can- Canterbury haven't even made Seraldo an offer. It's merely been a discussion at this point in time. So um, I'm just picking up a bit of mail that the the dogs aren't closing the door on allowing Mick Potter to hold the hold the fort for another 12 months while they try and sort out what they do long term. Because in the back of the dogs' mind is that they know this is a si- significant rebuild as far as their cap is concerned and getting that roster back into shape and they might just leave the keys to Mick Potter just to, to, to hold the fort as I said and get through this process before going all in maybe if Seraldo was to stay at Penrith for another 12 months they come back at him when, once that roster's sorted He's doing well though Gerds, Mick Potter Oh, there's no doubt about that, Tone. Yeah, it's been it's been an uh, amazing turnaround for um, for the uh, the dogs over the last couple of weeks, and yeah, it's it's just a big job, and I'm just not sure whether, uh, from what I can gather with Mick, whether he's ready to sort of jump back into that chair. It's a yeah. pretty stressful thing. Mm-hmm. It's obviously you know a big thing for your family, a big commitment. There's a big difference between you know being a, an assistant or under twenties coach and an NRL coach. So. Um, he's had a decent shot at it, whether or not he wants to go again, whether or not he's the right fit for the Bulldogs. Uh, it, it's hard to tell, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's it's interesting. Two wins he's had, and they've got a good challenge coming up next week. They play the Sharks. So uh, I think a lot of Dogs fans are dancing in the streets at the moment. <laughs> uh, but, uh, again, let's. it is only two games. Bunnies fans uh, didn't have much dancing to do last weekend and that lost to the Dragons, but the return of, or the imminent return of Latrell Mitchell must make a lot of them feel uh, happier. Reno, when talking about state of origin with Latrell Mitchell, if he's fit, if he plays his next game of footy uh, for the Bunnies, does he automatically walk back in your mind into a blue jersey? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we've seen how destructive he was last year in in that series. Um you know, Gerd just touched on it before about the centres uh, obviously having an impact. Plays one and two. He's a big body. Uh, he's a game breaker. Um, and, you know, it just gives everyone around him confidence. I think when you see Latrell lined up beside you, you, you grow a bit of confidence. And, um, yeah, hopefully it is a decider. And, obviously, we can get Latrell back because, obviously, he's a, he's a very good player. And 
Uh, love seeing him on that stage. Just away from Latrell, Renault. Uh, did you reach out to Lach- Lachlan Elias by any chance, or have you had any communication? Or, or if not, how will he respond uh, yeah, after last week? I, I thought about sending him a text, mate, but obviously, um, you know, he'd be getting bombarded left, right, and centre, and just thought I'd leave it alone. Um, I speak to Lockie, you know, pretty regularly, and. Um, you know, I think the world of him is, is a good kid. He's uh, eager to learn, and um, I think he'll bounce back good. He's, he's a tough kid. Um, you know, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve every week. Obviously, he'll be disappointed, and he'll be training harder to, to make sure it doesn't happen again. And, um, you know, I think, but as, as a team, they they sort of let him down a bit. Um, you know, it's hard for a young half, um, you know, to stand up and dominate when things aren't going too well. And, um, you know, the boys will rally around him, and obviously... Um, they'll be much better this weekend or next weekend, sorry. Can I just, um, while we're on there, uh, just talk a little bit about Cody Walker with you. Now, I know you're in a new relationship, uh, but <laughs> can, you, can you see how much he misses you? Um, he just looks like he's playing with a bit of frustration. Um, and, and Cody's a, look, he's, a, he's an instinctive player. Um, you know, he loves it when things are going right. And, um, you know, he's such a skillful player that, uh, when things aren't going right, it, it you know it frustrates him a little bit, and obviously it's showing in his game. But um, yeah, he'll be he'll be hungry. Obviously, um, never good to see him not playing well. He's such a, a talented player, and um, it's good to see his highlights when he's you know on his game. All right, Dave Riccio. Finally, what is the real story with Luke Brooks? Dropped? Not dropped? I mean, there's no team pick this week, but uh, all all of the week was you know he's been dumped. Mm. Look, it's. Uh it was a conversation had earlier in the week. Now, we need to remind ourselves um, that that story emerged 10 days before the Tigers play. They are on, how's this for a road trip? They are the first team to play the Warriors in three years in New Zealand, yep. uh, Sunday week. So all the best Tigers with, with that environment. Um, it emerged uh, earlier this week that Luke, Luke Brooks is, is facing the axe for that side. And, and look, certainly my indications are that it is heading that way. But the Tigers are reserving their judgment due to the fact that they've got a fair few players playing this afternoon and across all the, the different international games. Um, and if they were to run thin, then suddenly they're going to have to recall Luke Brooks into the team. But there's no denying uh, that Luke Brooks is struggling and to make this final 17, I understand, for, for next weekend's match. Yeah, all indications are that it'll be Adam Dewey um, and Jackson Hastings in the starting halves for the Tigers. What's a, that's a, is that a tough call, Gertz, or not? Or is it just the right call? I mean, obviously well, there's... Well, you had, had that moment earlier, obviously, when Jackson Hastings and they got together and they played a game. He kicked a winning field goal. Jackson kicked a winning yeah. field goal. There was a kind of vibe about him being back there. Yeah, there was. Well, three don't go into two, Tony. And now yeah. Dewey's back and he's a future leader in that club. And we, we know the sort of form that he was in before he got injured. He's got to go into the side. He's had a week back now. So he needs to play some footy. So he's a six. I believe he's a six. Now, I think he played a little bit of, uh, in the centres last week. But he's a guy that needs his hand on the football. He, he makes things happen. So I think it's more about him coming back and, uh, and Luke Brooks. And his form hasn't been good over the last couple of weeks. And now, I always thought that either Hastings or Brooks was going to go. And Hastings is playing better than Brooks at the moment. So he's got to go. And, and, and you know what? He, he might be a um, – if I'm, if I'm looking to get the best out of him at the back end of the year, I'm probably putting him as a 14 and just letting him come on. And he's a great, you know, running um, half. And he could, I reckon he could play nine at a pinch if he wanted to. And I think putting him in the middle, it, it, it just might give him, I don't know, a little bit of something to look forward to, a little bit of a change. If it's not the club, maybe it's a little bit of a position. It's a different role, a little bit less pressure. Maybe he might enjoy uh, a stint coming off the bench and still, you know, he's got a great work ethic and he's a good guy. So uh, hopefully they can they get the best out of him and not just sort of discard him and, 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 and that'll be the end of him at the Tigers. But um, I think they can, you know, get some, some good he, use out of him. Has he played hooker before? Do you know? I think they might have tried him. Luke there. Brooks? Yeah, yeah, he certainly had a had a go there, mate. And I, I, in all my conversations with since Brett Kamali took over at the Tigers, he's loath to put Luke Brooks at hooker. He doesn't see the point. Uh, that given that Apostolic Coruscant's coming uh, to the club, why why uh, play, play a player that's never going to play there again uh, yeah. going forward? However, I say that, guys. This is I, take it as read. This story isn't dead. Come the end of the year, I believe there'll be a decision made by the Tigers on whether they keep Luke Brooks or even Jackson Hastings. I think a decision will be made uh, once this new coach is appointed 
I think we're going to hit some headlines at the end of the year in relations to the future of Jackson Hastings and Luke Brooks. Ah, the Tigers always guarantee a headline. This is the Saturday Scrum doing it for King G. The Triple M Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. It's Saturday Scrum and it's time for this. Welcome to Tony's Spotting Quiz. (laughs) Good news, Gertz. What's that, Tony? My sporting quiz is yes. now sponsored. Has it got a theme today? Has it got a theme? It's got a sponsor. Oh, it has oh, not. It's wow. got a sponsor, yes, thanks to the GEM. The GEM, the newest, mm-hmm. most exciting prize and rewards program. The GEM is giving away even more. Thegem.com. Mm. How as about in that? G-E-M. 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 The GEM. As in the, the thing that you wear around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you give it to me as a gift, yes, and the money will go to charity. <laughs> the gem. Uh, and what the do gem. they do, Tone? The gem. Let's have a chat about them That's for a second. That's what I say. That, that, you, it's a rewards program. You, you, know, you buy pre- gifts or you buy things, and then the money goes to a charity. How do we sign up? We have. I've just signed you up. Oh, great. Uh, okay. <laughs> thanks so much to the good people at the gem. Yes. Sponsoring Tony's Sporting Quiz. All right, here we they, go. They picked uh, a real gem, there is didn't a they, theme. Tony? The theme, of course, given that we are State of Origin 2, the State of Origin 2 in Perth is basically a Perth, West Australia theme. I'm tipping none of you will get any of these questions correct. Could you just <laughs> check your buzzers for me, please? Ricky, yeah. Snoz. Renault. Snoz? Yeah, Snoz. I, Tony, Origin Weeks, I, I be, I'm Origin Legend. So, so you're ch- channeling oh, Michael I O'Connor. I like it. I like it. <laughs> he was your hero, wasn't he? He was my hero. I love it. Oh, well, I let's change it. it then. Okay. Yeah. Um, Beaver. Oh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> your your hero was Beaver. <laughs> Steve Menzies. Okay, Renault, who are you going to be? Um, Joey. <laughs> Joey. Yeah. Yeah. Joey. Wow. Well, you, he's your hero. All like, star cast. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Off field yeah. or on field? You sound a bit like Joey, <laughs> Renault. <laughs> yeah, something in me throat there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got Joey, Beaver and Schnoz. <laughs> this is a really terrific sponsored segment. All right, here we go. When was State of Origin last played in Perth? Schnoz. Yes, Schnoz. 19. 2019 is correct. What's the name of the cooling summer breeze often referred to? Schnoz. The- yes, Schnoz. Fremantle Doctor. It is so much better than the Brisbane optometrist. Name this Perth band. Great song. It's the Triffids. Oh, come on, Tone. That's not on Triple M. That's all I listen to, Triple M. Yeah, that's not on Triple M. It might have been on Triple M in the 80s. folky. In the 80s. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Balling Up, Dwelling Up, Joondalup, Porongarup are all places in WA. What does the up mean? Nothing? Beaver. Yes, Beaver. Water. Very close. Most Hills. people think it does mean water, but it's actually place of. Uh, means place of. True or false, the 1987 America's Cup was held in Perth. Joey. Yes, Joey. False. Correct. Well it was done. actually in Fremantle. It was just a stab in the dark there. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get off the Why would you admit that? Why would you admit that? Because he's Joey. He's no, that's what Joey does. <laughs> Joey's never admitted that's anything. That's what Joey does. <laughs> I love it. Uh, who was the businessman who funded the Aussie Snoz. Cup? Yes, Snoz. Bond. Alan Bond is correct. Name this Perth band. Snoz. Was Snoz first? Nah, you go. Who, who, who else was someone no, else you go. There? Snoz, you. Yeah. Um, Lanton's on. That's um, Seconds of Summer. Five Seconds Beaver. of Summer. <laughs> yes, Beaver. Birds of Tokyo. Birds of Tokyo. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> So good. The Super Netball Grand Final will be played in Perth next week. What's the name of the WA team already in the granny? Beaver. Yes, Beaver. Firebirds. No, sorry. Oh, you've really embarrassed yourself. West Coast Fever. Uh, Okay, buzz in. This is uh, Who Am I? My grave is heritage listed at the Fremantle Cemetery. It is the most visited grave in Australia. Although born in Scotland, I was an Aussie larrikin and singer with one of the world's biggest bands. I died in 1980. He made it out with the bullet in his back. What? I have two first names. My hey. first name is Bon. Beaver. Yes, Beaver. ACD's oh, yeah. Bon Scott. Bon Scott is correct. What was the name of the Perth-based rugby league team that entered the competition in 1995? Yes, Schnoz. The Reds. Western Reds is the correct answer. Schnoz, you are the winner oh, on the day. I think I quizzes are the winner. Saturday Scrum. Let's get 
Saturdays were made for this. The biggest names and the biggest games right here. Triple M rocks the NRL. To our mates at King G, welcome to the Triple M Saturday Scrum. It's the Saturday Scrum, just one hour to share with you. Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Dave Riccio, Adam Reynolds, uh, Ryan Girdler flying to Perth for State of Origin, a man who is already there, uh, a great friend of the show, Mr. Greg Alexander. G'day, Brandy. Morning, Tony. How is it in uh, the beautiful West as we speak? Uh, yes, yeah, stunning day. Uh, weather's been good, had a day of rain. Uh, during the week we've been here, but uh, that's all. So um, conditions will be terrific for tomorrow night and boys are ready to go. No, I saw them during the week. I noticed that there was a day that everybody out and, you know, playing golf. Uh, you might have been joining in there, I think, from the pictures. I didn't see you joining in, though, when they were hitting each other in the head uh, in punching you know, with, with the gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. My boxing days finished long time ago. Did they ever start, yes. Gregor? Well, no, they didn't, Gerds. No, yeah, mine no. either. Uh, boxing, tackling, uh, all those silly things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Brandy, Dave, Riccio, mate. Um, we've been discussing how the Blues get Matt Burton involved and into this game. We know he, he that that booming bomb that he has. Surely, Freddie's come up with a plan on how to to bring that into play. The Blues, it's one of the great weapons of the game. How, and we've seen Freddie get quite funky with the, the Tom Trebojevich roving second fullback role from centre in years gone by. Is there a plan for Burton? Dave, there is a plan. Oh, <laughs> we got him. <laughs> Kip, hey, do you want me to expand, expand on that? Expand. No, 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 I don't think you need to expand uh, no. on that. Hey, yeah. uh, Brandy, Appy, um, long time coming, fantastic player, and we're just so um, blessed to have so many quality dummy halves at the moment, and Damien's done a fantastic job over the last couple of years. How's he been around camp? How are his subtleties? How are the boys enjoying his work from dummy half? Yeah, App's been in great form, Gerds. He's, he's been terrific for the Panthers this year, and, and, and that's just flowed onto training this week. Um, and... He'll be great. He will. And the main reason we, we stuck him in there just for the, uh, apart from his, you know, subtleties around the around the dummy half area, like he just whacks in defence. We, we just yep. thought we lacked a bit of that, uh, you know, in the opening 25 minutes. So App, App will do that for us as well. And, the you know, when Cookie comes on, um, there's a couple of options. But, yeah, look, and Cookie would be great. And, and it wasn't that Damien played poorly in game one. I thought Cookie was one of our better players. Like, on the back of some slow play the balls or slow play the balls for most of the night, Cookie still threatened. Uh, so yeah, I, I, th- I think they'll work good together. You mentioned, uh, I think the first time was on NRL 360, talking about the fact that you played a bit nice in game one. Now, taking you back to that boxing session, in all seriousness, that effort to, I guess, release a little more mongrel into the game. Yeah, just not that killer instinct, um, Tony. You know, you can, you can be out there trying hard, but you've got to do more than that in origin. You, you, you've got to go above trying hard. You've got, to, you've got to be ruthless. And I just thought we lacked that. Um, through most of the game, we were desperate. And, and we did try hard. God, you know, some of the try-saving efforts from a lot of the players were, were incredible. But there's just got to be a little bit more than that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure they can, you know, it, it, it's more your mindset rather than it's in terms of your preparation. It's, it's just being ready for that, uh, to be ruthless. Brandy, do you think the intensity of training ahead of Origin 2 has been more advanced than Origin 1? Yeah, I guess it has stepped up. Like, if you had to ask, you know, I'm sure I spoke, you know, about our preparation for Game 1, and I'm, you know, I'm sure I said it's good. It's been good. Um, They they did a a session yesterday where they, uh, yeah, it was was quite physical, and we, we had to ease them off a bit. Otherwise, you know, we were sort of drawing from players 19, 20, 21, 22, because they were ripping into each other. So, and bashing yeah. each other. Yeah, they were, yeah. So, I'm, look, I, I probably has stepped up a little bit, Dave, but not, not a great deal because preparations for game one were pretty good. 
Hey, Brandy, Adam Reynolds, mate. Um, Sifa Talakai, obviously, uh, fresh new face in the camp, mate. How's he handling the week? And um, barring no injuries, do you see a plan for him maybe playing in the middle? Uh, he could do, Adam, absolutely. And I think that's the, the beauty of Sifa, that he could you could throw him on and he could do 20 minutes in the middle. You know, having not played there at club footy this year, uh, it'd burn him pretty quickly, I reckon, a, a stint in the middle. But he could do that uh, and he can play... Back row or centre, he's been great in the centres, um, but probably won't play there unless, you know, Siffer's there as cover for centre. If there's an injury to an outside back, Siffer will find himself in the centres, but he's more of a chance of playing um, edge back row or, yeah, that, that stint in the middle. He's been great. He's, he's terrific. He's quiet, but uh, Jersey presentation last night, he got up and spoke about, um, and, he, and he has family here. His mum, his partner, and his his kids. So, mum and dad. It was it was great. Really good. Brandy, one of the other areas I thought they were dominant in game one was their, their bench. They came on and um, they really turned the momentum. I thought we were sort of ahead. Probably had a little bit of uh, more go forward early on, and then uh, Grant came on, and then Carrigan came on, and Collins came on. I mean, and, and our bench probably didn't have the same impact. What's the message to those boys? Even Junior, when Junior came on, you know, he just he was looking for the pass. Uh, maybe yeah. taking some easy options. Yeah, that's right, Gertz. Yeah, just if if you're a front rower coming on, don't don't look to pass the ball. You, you've you've got to, especially if you know we, we might have been slightly on the back foot then. You know, by the around that twenty twenty five minute mark. Um, you know the boys know what they've got to do this game. Yeah, you're right. The the, the bench wasn't um, didn't make the impact that we we hoped it, it was going to. Um, and Queensland's was good. You know, Collins and. Collins was probably their best front rower of the night, and Carrigan was outstanding. Didn't you know? Didn't go back off the field. So yeah, we need to match them or, or be better than that. And I, I think our bench suits this one. I, I think we can get some punch out of it. Brandy, we all know that uh, Jake Trebojevic is a footy nuff. He loves it to absolute death. How's his return into the camp been? I hear him saying during the week that he in fact needed to get. You know, Freddie, help him relax a little bit. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what sort of a presence is he around? Oh, I, I don't even, uh, Tony, you, everyone knows Jake that well, that mm. I don't even have to answer that. You, 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 know what his, you know what his return would be like. You know how much enthusiasm there would have been, and it's just bubbled along all week. I, I don't have to answer that. Everyone in the world knows Jake Trevojevic. <laughs> and loves him and so happy to see, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Happy to see him back. Uh, yeah. It's terrific. Well, Brandy, uh, are you confident? Final question. Uh, yes. I love it. So you didn't even know. I didn't have to ask that one either. That's three no. questions I didn't have to ask. <laughs> what's, that pl- what's that plan, Brandy? Come on. Oh, the, the boat back to the yeah. boat. Dave, you've, you've missed the boat, mate. We've moved on from that. <laughs> Brandy, all the best uh, uh, tomorrow, mate. Really appreciate having a chat. Good on you, boys. See ya. There is Greg Alexander, assistant coach at uh, the New South Wales Blues in Perth. State of origin tomorrow. Cannot wait. Saturday scrum. The Triple M Saturday scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Saturday scrum. Tony Squires, Ryan Gerber, Dave Riccio, Adam Reynolds with you on a Saturday afternoon. Of course, uh, apart from state of origin, it is international rep round. Some great games of footy. Uh, none better than New Zealand taking on Tonga. Mount Smart Stadium, the Savo 320. Gee, Dave Ricky, you look through that side, that Kiwi side. Well, in fact, they're both really mm. strong, aren't they? It's one of the strongest New Zealand sides I've seen in a long, long time, Tone. It's absolutely stacked. Um, and this, the fantastic news about this is, guys, it's, it's sold out. Yep. Uh, and this is a significant moment for New Zealand Rugby League. The game's gone dry over there over the past three years due to the fact that the Warriors have had to relocate to Australia. There are concerns within the NRL about the development of Rugby League in New Zealand, but this is the first stepping stone back to normality and back to regrowth of Rugby League in New Zealand. And as I said, it's an it's an exceptional New Zealand side, but it's an equally um, exciting Tongan team too with Katoni Staggs, Renault's teammate, in the halves with Junior Ramon from the Dragons, Adam Fanua Blake and Siwa Takiyaho up front for the Tonga, Kalea Matangi, Tao Malolo, Will Penasini in the centres. I mean, seriously, that is just sensational for Tonga. And on the other side is Dylan Brown and Jerome Hughes running the shows in the in, in the halves for the Kiwis. So, look, I lean towards the Kiwis, but I just, I just can't wait to see 
what this match has become over the past three years. Just to, to watch it unfold this afternoon, um, the, the sea of red yeah. that we've come to know and love. Uh, it's fantastic for the game and, and all roads lead to the World Cup at the end of this year. Renault, what are you looking forward to about them? Yeah, probably the battle of the middle. Um, like you just mentioned, there's a, a stack of names there, um, all in terrific form and playing, you know, terrific football. Um, I can't see um, too much footy being played other than a bash and barge up the middle. Obviously, um, you know, New Zealand probably have the pick of the halves there, um, better rounded spine. And um, I think that's where maybe they will get the, the victory um, because, look, both both packs are, are pretty stacked and, um, you know, it's going to be an inter- interesting clash. Looking forward to the hucker, though, boys. The forward depth in this one, guys, is exceptional. I mean, look at the bench for both of these sides. Olakawa, too, Tatola, Futuwaka. I mean, these guys would make, you know, any pack in the in the NRL. And, and then on the other side, you've got Kieran Foran, Leota, Solomona, and uh, uh, Sefa Solomona, and Nakora. I mean, those guys aren't even getting in the starting sides. It just tells you the depth of... Uh, that we have with with some of these um, sides coming through now, and and how they're going to contribute at the back end of the season, which this is a warm up too, right? This is a a great gauge to see where these sides are. But I'm with Renault. I just think that the class in the spine, Joey Marno at fullback, and the form that he's in, and then those two halves that he mentioned, Hughes, Brown, and Smith in the middle. I just think they'll just be a little bit too organised for the Tongans today. Renault, can we just go back? You said you're looking forward to the Harker, as am I. And with both these sides, it is that kind of the clear and obvious representation of culture that you see on this weekend in these games, isn't it? Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, and if you follow a number of the, the players on social media, you see them out in the community and, um, you know, training sessions, uh, you know, just their culture routine. And, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Obviously, there's a lot of emotions, um, you know, flying around before the game, not only in this game, but, um, you know, also Fiji, um, you know, with the, the Sippy Tower. Uh, I think it's called, is it? Yep. Is it? Yep. yep. Um, so, yeah, obviously looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's a real highlight, um, you know, of the weekend. Boys, I'm I'm really excited by the fact that it's an afternoon test match. I, I love the fact that we're playing daytime uh, big game. And and for me, this leads me to a discussion point that I think will find occur over the weekend uh, and going forward, and it's the, it's the time slot of state of origin. The 10 past eight kickoffs... Uh, needs to be reflected upon and uh, reviewed. And I understand it will be discussed in at NRL and also with Channel 9, the host broadcasters of State of Origin. If you look across the world sport, guys, uh, there's, this, there, there's, there's this supposed sentiment that night time is when showtime's on. But Super Bowl is the biggest sporting event in America, most watched event. It is held at 6.30 at night. Wimbledon final, men's and men's and women, two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, F1 Grand Prix, Monaco, for example, afternoon start, huge audiences, and there's been this tendency for rugby league to continue down this path of eight o'clock kickoffs, which is just I just find it farcical to but, but, to but, think that you are giving everyone an opportunity to watch this great spectacle when it is the most watched sporting event. I get it. But why not try and attract more eyeballs? Kids, how do kids? Dave Riccio, you, Benny Elias has only just got his lights in the goalposts. Now you're going to make it daytime again. Well, I'm not saying daytime tone, but but seven o'clock, any six, six thirty, seven o'clock, seven has to be brought back. State of origin. This ten past eight, where it's finishing at quarter past ten at night. Yeah, part of it's the just doing prime, prime time. And we talk about obviously. the growth of the game, yeah. and I'm telling you, the NRL are looking at expanding in New Zealand. They're looking at another team in New Zealand. Well, well, guess what time Origin finishes in New Zealand? It's past midnight when they knew the result that Queensland had won, Origin won. The game needs to be better, I I believe, in in promoting the game by allowing as many eyeballs to see it, and 10 past eight kickoffs don't do it. Yeah, well, even on Thursday night, so it's ten to eight. Tony, isn't that why they do it at ten past eight? Because that's when it's the commercial it's terms. That, it's yes, the, commercial the commercial terms. terms because but of I've ratings, just made right? the point. Yeah, correct. I've just made the point that Super Bowl. Yep. Ninety-three million people watch Super Bowl, and it's held at six thirty at night. Yeah, well, it's the only game in town, isn't it? There's in, in terms. But of is that also states. because internationally that time frame works? Because I that, mean, the NRL that, internationally. That's in America. Really, 
Is that just in America? You know the Americans look after the Americans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Reno, you rather run out in the afternoon? Yeah, um, as a player, I I hate waiting around all day and um, pretty much doing nothing. Uh, But, yeah, as a a fan, obviously, uh, I've got some young kids that like watching the game and um, it's a bit late for them by the time it it rolls around. So, um, yeah, I I like the point of having it at 6.30, 7 o'clock. I think it's a... Um, no matter what the ratings, they're going to be there anyway. Exactly, um, right. No, that's, you know, like if we if we move the game forward an hour or two, everyone's still going to watch it. What about the uh, AFL? The AFL moved their grand final three years ago, um, mm-hmm. largely due to COVID. They moved it to six thirty at night. It lasted that season. That's it. The fans hated it. They moved it back mm-hmm. a little bit more to quarter past five last year. Guess what they're doing this season? This this season's AFL decider is back to two thirty in the afternoon yeah, because seventy nine percent of fans in a survey said we don't like it. It's a very traditional thing, the AFL. They love sticking with that tradition, and well, I, I we don't. Used to be I'm just saying. Well, so. I, I'm yeah, just true. We the, used to have the three o'clock grand final. That's They're right. the ones I remember growing up. Uh, yeah. Again, guys, I'm not saying Origin needs to be playing played in the afternoon. I'm saying it needs to be seriously looked at. This ten past eight kickoff finishing at ten thirty. And, and, and as I said, you're trying to grow the game, and in some, some sectors it's finishing at midnight. Yeah, no, well, you uh, can't take little kids to the game. If you want to actually go to the game, it's not just about watching it on TV. If you wanted an afternoon out at the footy at an Origin game, I mean, you just – and it was going to start at 8 o'clock. You just couldn't take, you know, younger kids there, especially on a Wednesday night. And I think we'll get a good indicator this after, uh, tomorrow afternoon when we go to Perth. And it's actually – I think it's a – what is it, a 6 o'clock, 5.30 kickoff over there, is it? Yeah. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting, you know, and I'll do a report for you, Tone and Thanks. Dave, and, yeah, and, and yeah. Thank give it you. to you next week. I'll, yeah. I'll count the number of you know, young families actually attend the well, game the and, point. and are there Could with you? their gear on. Yeah, yeah sure. You, you're promising that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll take back well, the whole big, thing about the storm. Just There's actually on, not going to be storming between here okay, and Perth, no, okay? No, that's no, I'll take truth. a pen and paper and I'll just mark we've down seen the what We've seen what Peter Volandis does. He actually responds to what fans want. We've seen it. I saw the Queen asking him to make it earlier when yeah. they had lunch oh. together. He'd, be, <laughs> he'd move it for the fans before <laughs> the Queen. It would. All right, no, I think that's an absolutely valid point. It is, is very late in the evening. But uh, this afternoon, Kiwis and Tonga, that is at 3.20. Then it is Samoa uh, taking on the Cook Islands uh, at Campbelltown at 5.40. And then it's the uh, PNG and uh, the Kummels taking on Fiji. Three great games of rugby league. Time for this. All right, I throw a proposition at you. Just tell me whether you believe it or not and why. G's been going good so far, State of Origin. But regardless, regardless of the Origin result, believe it or not, Billy Slater will be the Storm's next head coach, Dave Riccio. I believe it. Yeah? I believe it. Uh, probably three weeks ago, I didn't. I thought Greg Brentnell, that's a name. Uh, wow, Canterbury fullback? Uh, Different person. Uh, sorry, you <laughs> I may need to correct that. Okay. It's certainly Brentnell. Uh, very respected down at the Melbourne Storm. Uh, assistant coach at the moment. He has a huge reputation at the club. Uh, and I always felt that he would be next in line from Bellamy. But given the way Billy Slater's handled himself, uh, I, I get it. The Blues can still go on and win this series. It's not. It's far from a successful one for Billy yet. But he's even starting to speak like a coach. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a few flat bat answers in there and yep. uh, responses. So uh, and and you know everybody knows the the style of coach or person that Billy is. He's so thorough. So yeah, I believe it. Renault, believe it or not, Billy Slater will be Sorry, the Mark Storms Brentnell, that was Mark Brentnell. Mark, okay, not Greg, the big, bustling uh, fullback for the Bulldogs. I'll, I'll take a different approach, mate. I'll say I don't believe it. I think um, Cameron Smith. Wow. Um, put his hand up. I think he's in and around the, the team now with Origin. Um, yeah. I think he'll catch the bug and, um, you know, want to fall into a, a coaching gig somewhere and where else better than Melbourne. Wow, I love mm. that. Okay. Uh, what about you, Goods? No, I don't believe it. Mm. No, I, I don't think, you know, this is, uh, this is all, I think it's a bit of a process, isn't it, to become an NRL coach and I think this probably took him a little bit by surprise and he's taken this role but an, a commitment then to a, a full-time gig at the NRL at an NRL role when you've got so many moving parts around, you know, commentary and his horses and his family and so forth. I think he'd just probably do this for a couple of years um, and then see how it goes. All right. Believe it or not, 
If the team was picked today, Josh Adokar would be selected on the wing for Australia, Adam Reynolds. Believe it or not? Um, yeah, I believe it. I think he's in, in great form. Uh, I, I can't believe he's not in the Blues side. Obviously, speed's a, a major part of the game. Um, it's one of his, obviously, his best asset. Um, yeah, he's obviously in, in good form, obviously, with a team that's not going so well. Um, you know, he's been a standout every week. Good. Um, I'd have to say I, I don't believe it, Tone. I'd go with Toto and Cobo at this point, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, not for me also. Um, I understand what Renault's saying. Mal Meninga may see things differently uh, to the way Brad Fittler is, but I'm I'm a big Cobo fan as well, um, and there's plenty of other options ahead of the Fox, and I just think not playing Origin hurts him. All right. Believe it or not, and this is, uh, I don't know if you saw during the week, Latrell Mitchell talking, uh, and he basically saying that the NRL media and former players should be talking the game up with constructive criticism rather than bagging players. So believe it or not, that is their role rather than, their role is to talk the game up. Ryan Girdley, you being one of those people. Yeah. Um, look, yeah, I, I believe that, that that should be, you know, your, your first... Um, I think your first point of call is always talk about the positives in the game. Unfortunately, you, you can't always do that, um, you know, in the media. But um, I, I try to always look for the positives in most sides of the stories and promote the game. I mean, that's why we're here. So, yeah, I, I believe that's a good um, a good way to move forward. There Not are always possible, but yeah, but I believe it's a it's a nice thought. There are also thousands of hours of empty space needing exactly. to be filled, so it's uh, <laughs> there's a lot of times when people are looking for stories that may not be positive. What do you think, uh, Reno, as a player? Yeah, I sit on the fence. I, I think um, there's both. You need both sides of the story. Uh, you need a hero and you need a villain, and um, that's why the game's so great because everyone's got opinions and uh, keeps everyone interested. So um, you know, the more times. As players, we obviously like getting talked up and, um, you know, having the, the great feedback and, um, you know, promoting the game. But there's also the other side of things where um, it gets people talking. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because there's a, a lot of players, and it's not just in the NRL coach, a lot of sports people at the moment, because the, there is so much uh, spoken about them and so much of a microscope on their everyday life, uh, the whole mental health thing then comes into play, the whole social media stuff, which can be much more venomous than what's going on in the mainstream media. Yeah, I think, look, as, as players, we, we're our own worst enemy. We can read all it all. Um, if you choose to read into it and listen to it all, then it can affect you. But, um, you know, the more experienced you get, you just let it go to the side and, um, you know, just worry about things that you can control. Personally, um, I believe that uh, uh, myself as a journo, uh, I try and do a um, a fair and just job of, of analysing the game f- from a reporter's point of view, but also to understanding <clears throat> that, being able to tell stories like Nico Hines through Indigenous Round was just so powerful for me. I, I, it opened my eyes. I thought it was, um, uh, you know, a, a clear promotion um, for the game. And I don't think you can – I think I think a lot of players focus too much on the negatives uh, within the game and, and sometimes glaze over the fact that there are so many great positive stories out there. Ronaldo Militalo does awesome work in the community. Rano knows a hundred different stories himself as far as uh, stories that have been covered, but they just don't uh, emanate or, or last as long in people's minds as a coach sacking, as this player needs to be dropped, this player played poorly. It just doesn't last as long in people's minds. But I, I, I've got to stand up for myself and say that I, I believe I do a, a fair and reasonable job on promoting the game uh, for the right reasons. Love it. Don't get defensive now. Mm. <laughs> believe it or not, finally, and just very quickly, believe it or not, the Sydney Roosters will miss the eight this year. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. I think they're struggling. I think they're seriously missing um, a, a quality dummy half uh, in in the yeah, you know, that was a huge hole to fill in Jake Friend. Uh, they're still coming to terms with the whole Walker-Geary thing. Luke's obviously got, you know, his, his concussion fears at the moment and uh, another little setback there. Um, chopping and changing of Joey Manu. It's just not cohesive enough for me. Renner? Uh, I don't believe it. I think they'll scrape in uh, just. I think the, the quality in that side's too good to uh, miss the finals.
Good. I'd have to I'd have to have a look at the draw tone, but um, yeah, I, if, if their if their draw's okay, you could have done um, that before you walked into the studio. I guess. Well, if I would have known, then that's going to be a question. I would have had a look, but but I mean, yeah, I, I think they're one of the you know in the top half uh, best teams in the competition. So I'm going to say, I don't believe it. Don't no, believe don't it. Believe they play it. the premiers next week. Yeah. Well, they'll lose that game. <laughs> <laughs> Time running out for us on this truncated version of the show, but it's lo- been lovely to have your company. All right, let's get down to it very quickly, gentlemen, as I go around the table. All I want from you is State of Origin 2 in Perth. I need the winner. I need the first try scorer, and I need the man of the match. Dave Riccio, I'm going to begin with you. Tone, I've got New South Wales by eight points. I feel like uh, this is a better-looking team, um, and their success in Perth in seasons gone by uh, will... Uh, give them some confidence to go out there and get the job done. Uh, I'm a huge Matt Burton fan. Yep. I think he'll get the double. I think he'll get man of the match, and I think he'll f- also score that first try. You know that try where he, he skips across field and that big body close to the line and crashes over? I think uh, I, I, I think Burton will get the double. Man, man of the match, match on for, debut, which is good. I saw watching the under-19 state of origin the other night, and, of course, he was the man of the match in that game uh, just yes. a couple of years ago, and here he is. Uh, in the main dance, Ryan Girdler, the winner, the first try scorer, uh, and man of the match. New South Wales, 16-6, and I'm a big Cam Murray fan, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to get the double. <laughs> I think he's going to go first try and man of the match. Wow. Good <laughs> odds. You stole me. Uh, I love <laughs> really? it. Really? Adam Reynolds, you going to say I thought he was, I don't know if he got our player of the series last year, but he was bloody one of our you know best players on every game that he played. He loves that stage. He hasn't had a great season with the Bunnies. He's been trying every week, but just to get amongst that quality now, he's match fit. Yeah. I think he'll be uh, the man out there tomorrow. Uh, I think Tommy Turbo was the, uh, our player of the series last year. Yeah, well, yep. he wasn't far behind. No, him. correct. Uh, Renault, where are you going? I'll go New South Wales by 10. Mm-hmm. Cameron Murray, first try scorer, and James Tedesco, man of the match. Love it. Love them all. All right, there you have the results. Uh, I'll watch it uh, tomorrow evening. And, of course, listen to it right here on Triple M. It's Triple M Rocks State of Origin. Thanks to McDonald's. Triple M Rocks footy. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.